to the same room. In our culture, there is a growing need for meaningful connection to God through supernatural experiences. People have so many questions about the existence of angels and demons, about if they can experience God through their natural senses, and so much more. And so on the same room, we are going to be having a conversation centered on experiencing the supernatural. And joining me on this conversation is Dr. Matthew Stevenson. He is a senior pastor of All Nations Worship Assembly and major the pop, soul, and R&B recording artist. This is a conversation you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. How are we doing today? Hey, I'm good. We here. Awesome. So I really just want us to dive into this conversation about experiencing the supernatural. You know, for me, I had my first supernatural experience when I was nine years old and I had a visitation from an angel. And I thought that it was going to be scary at the time. And it was one of those things where your mind is afraid, but your heart is at peace. Mm -hmm. And so I recognize that supernatural experiences can have a wide range from visitations from angels or the Lord Jesus to things that we can experience in everyday life. And so I want to ask you guys, what are some of the ways that you have had supernatural experiences? I'll start. Come on, doctor. <laughs> For me, uh, the, the lion's share of my experience with God has been supernatural. And I think that um, the way the Lord would have it was that it would be that way because I was immersed and born into so much tradition. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I was almost preached and taught outside of anything supernatural. And so once things like that or on that scale began to happen in my life, I knew it was the Lord because it wasn't allowed. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it had to come to me through the formative years of my life where I would have the faith or the innocence enough to believe, almost a naivety enough to know that what I was experiencing was very, very real. I remember sitting in a very, very strict uh, Baptist church where nothing was allowed. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, I remember questioning the reality of God while hearing about him and wondering if what I was hearing, um, if it was good enough for me. Um, it was always preached. I would hear about Moses and Elijah, Daniel, David, and it was always preached as if those experiences or the proximity of those men to God was something that was no longer relative for today. And my very juvenile um, sarcasm was like, well, it's more dangerous out here now, so why would they need it and we not? And huh. um, in result, in response to what I believe was my hunger, the Lord broke into my world in a very violent way. And it was such that even the people around me, my parents, grandparents, people that were not um, familiar with that type of activity had to acknowledge the reality of it because not only was it so bizarre, it was so specific. Mm. So things would happen that were beyond my vocabulary, beyond my experience. So can you pinpoint one of those experiences that you've had? Absolutely. The most, the fondest of them was the first time, and we laugh about it now, but uh, I was born to uh, a teenage mom who later went into a, a massive life of alcoholism. To God be the glory, she's saved now and winning souls. But she always says, I drove her to drinking. By, <laughs> by, that I was her reason behind alcoholism. Um, I, I was about three years old, and um, I had just started learning words and stuff like that. And uh, my grandma and mom were in the house, and they were in the kitchen. I was in the front of the room. And as the pictures would have it, I was laughing hysterically, laughing hysterically. So they came like, what are you laughing at? They called me boo. What are you laughing at, boo? 
And I told them, I said, Uncle Lewis is not dead anymore. And my name is Matthew Lewis Stevenson III. My grandmother who raised me has a brother named Lewis. I was named after him. He died three years before I got here. Mm. And so there was no way I could have known that he was somewhere in the presence of the Lord by letting them know. And my grandmother was in a severe state of grief about the loss of her baby brother, the blame of it all. So the, 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 the chain reaction of it was that The new baby was identifying something in the granny who was the pillar of the house that she had been grieving over that by virtue of just logistics, I couldn't have known. Nobody talks to a three-year-old like, hi, you have an uncle? He's kind of gone. We're all beat (laughs) up about it. And uh, so after that, it just got worse and worse and worse. And my mother said she remembered that day thinking, I need a drink. And it just did not go (laughs) anywhere from there. I find it hilarious that you say, you use the word worse. It got worse It did. It really did. Because at once... um, once I was known that, or once it was known that stuff like that was available, I started to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Lord, if this is you, I want more of it. I, yeah. I didn't know enough to run from it. So exactly. um, I started to pursue answers and just basically asking the right questions and God finding a way to answer it in my world. And I think that's the beauty of that childlike innocence because you're not questioning anything. Mm-hmm. You just, like a knowing comes to you and that's like, you know that for a fact. Because mm-hmm. I remember, Major, we said we had a conversation one time and you shared how, I believe when you were three years old, you just knew who you wanted to be. Oh yeah, what I was told that my like? mama at three. Yeah. You know, it's that's interesting when you said, I was like, ah, so yeah. it's this three thing. I told her at three, I would be an I put it together, an international superstar and a pastor. Now, (laughs) um, my songs have reached internationally. Um, Pastor, not exactly by, you know, by profession, but I considered the, you know, the stage, my pulpit, you know, I'm very much about my kingdom assignment. But to say my, my supernatural encounter, when I was three, my, you know how we have invisible friends. Mm I'm one of uh, 13 siblings total, grew up in a household of 10 siblings, a blended family. Um, So having friends should not be an issue, but of course I needed another. And so my invisible friend was Jesus. Yeah. I learned about Jesus going to church and everything. So I had this weird acquaintance with this person that did the right thing but was my friend. And so I would literally, like if my mom would be like, who are you talking to, Jesus? <laughs> you know, and Jesus, as as I understood it, was my friend from three years old on up, Jesus. And can you, so even that knowing at three years old and you're saying that I'm going to be an international artist. Superstar. And I'm a superstar. Yeah. But what was that like? Where did that thought come from? And even when you say Jesus was my friend and Jesus is my friend, how did that originate? I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I grew up in church, Baptist. <laughs> um, <laughs> grew up in church where tradition, you know, much respect to tradition. Um, I think tradition has gotten a, a bad rep because tradition has over, it's how, has outshined uh, relationship. So mm-hmm. it's caused people to idolize the tradition versus the relationship and the experience of just growing in things. But tradition has also taught us a lot of discipline and respect for the sacred. And so for me, I had an understanding early on. It was, it was weird. I just connected with it. Um, and 
I, I guess just going to church, singing in the choirs, watching my uncle preach and seeing how people's lives would change from the experience with Jesus. Mm -hmm. This friend of mine makes mothers who come in with all their kids and the father has stepped out feel like life is worth living again. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think that just listening to just this conversation that's taking place, you know, what we all have in common is this childlike place where Certainly. we found God. Yeah. And because we found him so young and mm -hmm. in a state where we were innocent, mm -hmm. where there was no questions asked, mm -hmm. you just knew. Right. My question is, you know, there are other ways of, you know, supernatural encounters. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Stevenson, mm -hmm. you give a lot of great prophetic words that have changed. It's Boy, bad. I'm like, God? <laughs> it has changed people's lives. Um, Major, you had a prophetic word that released something yeah. that changed your life. And before we go into that, what is that experience like? Because you have been a supernatural encounter for many people. Certainly. The fact that you can speak wow. a word into their life and they're just like, wow, you know, through you, they realize that God really knows me. And so in yeah. that moment that you're hearing from God, what is that like in those moments where God uses you yeah. to speak into the life of someone? Uh, great question. Um, from about three to nine, after I, I um, started having these type of experiences, they came majorly in the form of knowings. Um, at nine, I stumbled out of the Baptist church into a Pentecostal situation. <laughs> it's like and, a graduation. That's not a graduation. That's a whole And I, I got to, I, I experienced something that would forever, it would change my life, ruin mm -hmm. my relationships, and set us off to where we would go. And uh, after I experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it was like on steroids. It was like, I, I felt like I always knew everything about everybody. It was, and the, and the unfortunate thing, I wasn't fortunate enough, like major, to have all those siblings. So I had to, my friends were superhuman. The, the only people I could relate to, <laughs> X-Men, you know, mutants and stuff like that. Because in my mind, I needed to figure out life with these yeah. abilities and how this kind of, so uh, I went into school with that and went into uh, my family life with that. And I remember um, when I started preaching officially, um, things would come out that I didn't plan to say that would seem random to me, but my confidence in it was just like, I just need to say that if you are a, a widow in here and you can't pay your bills, and then it would mm -hmm. be specific to that person. Yeah. Once I wisened up and learned that those random moments were not random, yeah. I started moving on them a lot quicker. So now it's second nature to me. I actually, I actually rely on the Lord to show me something about everybody he's important to where I am in yeah. the event that what I'm about to say is about to change their life. It is a ministry conviction of mine that if I'm in a room and I'm speaking or preaching or whatever, and there is somebody in some form of emergency where they're about to choose life or death, let me say something or know something to prove that you're real. Because my philosophy Woo! about the entire spectrum of the supernatural mm -hmm. is that it all reveals Jesus and it all reveals his emphatic pursuit of every human being. Yeah. And there's only one way to do that, and that's supernatural. That's if you beautiful. can't find God in it, it doesn't need to be shared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that's, and, and that's what I respect yeah. about you. I've, I've done a little research My on goodness. you, man. Like this, <laughs> you're mighty, man. And to know that one of the prophetic words that came to me by, was by way of, uh, of of an apostle under your um, sure. your denomination. Sure. And man, if you cannot identify God in the thing, and God brings peace, God brings assurance, 
God brings clarity. If those can't be identified in the space, that's not from him. Absolutely. And that's and that's mighty because so far you batting 100. So. <laughs> no, because what I, what I love about this is that, Dr. Stevenson, you're known to release prophetic words mm -hmm. that brings that gives people understanding that no, God knows everything about you. Mm -hmm. And you release instruction, you release direction, and you release things that just can literally change a person's life. And major, you have been the recipient of a word that changed your life in and how was that? Because that is actually connected to the song that many of us know and love you Yo, for. Yo, this joker did not know me. I didn't know him. I didn't know him. I was visiting with some friends uh, to, at, uh, at his church. Um, um, it's Sherman uh, Dumas, mm -hmm. uh, his ministry. Um, Kingdom Culture was, I believe, was the name, the title of the ministry at the time. Um, and... I'm just there because they're they're using a church that wasn't theirs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but they had a service on a Saturday after a funeral that I was asked to sing at. Um, and then um, he points me out and he's talking, speaking life into me. And he's saying there's a there's a love song that's going to take you into spaces before millions and before few in clubs in stadiums and churches and everything. And I'm like trying to fit, I'm like trying to fit all my songs. I'm like, <laughs> which song? I have a song called Serendipity. And that's about, you know, basically God being intentional. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. And he says, he says, but this love song is going to be simple. So I'm trying to make sure Serendipity is pretty simple. You know, I'm not trying to fit it. Cause I'm like, surely in this fast track, cause I'm like trying to experience this thing that I've been hoping for, yeah. I've been working so hard for. And he says, he says, trust it. Trust that where God is going to lead you is going to take you to some uncomfortable places, some unorthodox spaces. But God is doing a thing with and through you. And and you got to trust this thing. He says, it's been, it's been a bunch of establishment, but this is your year of advancement for the next 10 years. And you hear people say this stuff because I've, I've been prophesied to many times. And a lot of times I'm like, yo, don't forget me. I'm in here. <laughs> and But it was so powerful and special. I remember getting a getting the voice note sent to me by my uh, sis, um, Marquita Bradley, while I'm in a bungalow. Bungalow, boss. I'm in a bungalow in Boca Raton at a wedding that hired me for the song. Stevie Wonder says, I believe this will be the wedding love song for years to come. She says, I just And want that you is to hear a record this. that was connected to Yo, what was prophesied to you. Literally, why I love you, I wrote it as a love letter to God first. Yeah. Wow. He gave me permission to share it with humanity. Yeah. Because he says, if you can have this conversation with me, it's a conversation worth having with my creation. But if you can't have this conversation with me, it's a conversation you need to cut short. And so why I love you was that I listened to the prophecy and it's verbatim what's happening. And this is just part one, but I'm going to let you go. I'm going <laughs> to let you go on because I'm just like blown away. I was just listening to it on the way here and yeah. I'm like, 
No, because what is, what is beautiful about that is that you just, it's, it's almost like, you know, I think that the prophetic is so layered. Mm -hmm. And for those watching, when we talk about the prophetic, we're talking about when the mind of God is released about you through an individual. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful See, thing... Down. <laughs> say it again, say it again, so they can hear that. Say no, that the prophetic is when the mind of God is released to you through an individual. But the beautiful thing, and I know it's so layered, and I know, Dr. Stevenson, you have a lot of things to say towards that. But what I love about this is that we can talk about the prophetic, but then for someone listening, they might what they could be hearing is, someone is telling me about my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that could open the doors to people seeking out psychics, Absolutely. people seeking out other types of supernatural experiences mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that brings them to a place of what, is, what, is the, what does the future hold for me? Mm -hmm. And so I know that, I believe we can all agree that not all supernatural experiences are good. Sure. And so I want us to talk about what happens, like can we, you know, even using the example of a prophet and a mm -hmm. psychic, mm -hmm. where do you draw the line mm -hmm. between the <laughs> so two? So this is my hot spot. So yes. <laughs> um, first of all, you know, if you, if you um, I'm a, I have been a student of world religions and one of the things that is common among every religion that has ever come into being is that, mm -hmm. Every deity, however they chose to present themselves, they always had spokespeople, and um, mm -hmm. that those spokespeople become the, the the carriers of their program, their intent, their philosophies of life, etc. And so, subsequently, um, they become known as pro prophets or spokespeople, um, official representatives of the agenda that the deity represents. The thing that blesses me most about Jesus is he's the only one of them that speaks in perpetuity. No other world religion guarantees clarity, wisdom, That's direction, right. warning from the grave. And so the way we know that ours is reliable is because it happens in perpetuity. And we have, first of all, the Bible as we know it is the counsel of God's entire mind. And mm -hmm. it is, Peter called it, a sure word of prophecy. Um, and then we realize Psalm 139 talks about how every day that every human being would ever live was pre-recorded before they got here. So when a, a man or a woman of God stands in front of anybody to proclaim a, a sentence of a person's life book, it, it is nothing more reassuring um, then there is an ancient thing uh, that is going on with you that's being lived out in the in the current world. Now, to the demonic side of it, every human being, irrespective of gender, race, creed, or culture, they are born with the hunger for the supernatural. They don't know that that's what that is. Mm -hmm. They don't realize what it is, and they don't know that that hunger needs to also be guided, right? Exactly. So they have a hunger, and they all come with a knowing. We call it destiny but they all come with a knowing that I am here for a reason. Mm -hmm. The reason so much of it happens in the child phase, though, is because that is the season or the phase of curiosity. As we're taught through high school, college, those curiosities expand and we start to develop certain philosophies that now need to be led or, or, or hit a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. the, the, the enemy, the all things dark, they're going to serve as the counter or the opposite of yeah. everything. And, and people act that there's just one road to life for every person. It's not true. In the same way heaven has a point, a purpose, and a plan for a yeah. person, hell has a very well thought out counter plan. And not because hell knows what heaven is doing, but hell knows what heaven has done around the life of the person and why they won't die, why they won't suffer consequences, etc. So the real truth is if we use Daniel as a perfect model yeah. of how revelatory phenomena can occur in a world or a culture that's governed by 
dark things. The distinctive is, and I say this in all humility, is anybody that is filled with the Spirit of God is going to be 10 times better than anybody that is not. We're trying to future cast or interpret life or decode the mysterium or the bizarre or anything like that. They have to, when somebody is, is using a dark motivation to do it, they have to rely on some age-old antiquated cat bones from London somewhere <laughs> to try, and, and that can't really be advanced. I mean, yeah. you have to get this stuff from primitive villagers who have to rely on the dead to try to give you the unseen. Yeah. When on our side, we have the agenda of life, the procreator of life and purpose speaking through us as, as specific as it can get. I could talk about the prophetic literally every day for the rest of the yeah. year and not run out of content because I always say it is as big as God. He has bound himself to his word yeah. so much so that he calls himself his word and who he is as his word is beyond what's written as the Bible. He told them that he was the living word, the exactly. word breathing incarnate. And so, um, and that is what the human, he created the human species with a genetic response to what he had to say to it, which is when, I don't care how hard any heart is, if they get a real prophetic word, agnostic, um, uh, science worshiper, no heart is too hard for a prophetic word. And what I love that you mentioned just now is that they rely on the dead. Absolutely. I think the problem that why even millennials mm -hmm. are very drawn to psychics or mediums mm -hmm. is that people make it look as, as though these people don't know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. No, some of them do know what they're talking oh, about, but their source is different. Mm -hmm. Their absolutely. source is not what should be, yeah. what you should put your trust in. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. even when we look at, you know, from a biblical perspective, mm -hmm. when we talk about Moses and that experience that Moses had mm -hmm. when he threw the staff Absolutely. and it turned to a snake. Genesis we forget Jabbers, yeah. the part that the magicians also had staff that turned to snakes. And so I do believe that this conversation is powerful when we acknowledge that, yes, someone may go to a psychic yes. and the psychic may tell you about your past, mm -hmm. but where is where, what are they getting there? Where are they getting their information from? Absolutely. And with that, I want us to discuss what are the dangers of opening up to forms that could be demonic? Yeah. Because when we talk about that, that need needs mm -hmm. to be guided. Mm -hmm. We have a generation of people who consider themselves to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. And that spirituality is based on sure. good vibes, good yeah, energy, positivity. positivity and they undermine the power of darkness. Yeah. And so what are the dangers that come about when people are exposed mm -hmm. to psychics and all these things because they're opening up to a channel that sure. is not for them? And make it simple. Yeah. Make it simple. Because <laughs> y'all real smart. Y'all real smart. But make it simple because I believe that this is a tangible thing for all of us to access and we're hungry for, for a clearer understanding of this yeah. thing. Yeah. So the, the way this whole thing started out in, in the most simplest way I can put it was, you know, by the time Adam got to the garden, he was not alone. He had a visitor and we know he had a visitor because he and his wife were seduced and presented with an alternate. That's how this whole yeah. thing started. Hath God said, so that question right there in the, the Garden of Eden about whether what God said was real or should he pursue another way. No wonder the serpent now becomes a universal symbol of the occult because it was the first thing to offer alternate conversation to Adam. So native to uh, the human species is a desire to know, is this really what God said? Mm -hmm. That curiosity now that turns into a life of, all kinds of stuff. And the basis of it really is, you know, the enemy's outright jealousy against human beings. People always say, you know, um, this is a war between God and the devil. And that's not true because it will make them equal, equal counterparts. Right, that's right. Right. The, the, the real war is between the devil and the human race, right? right? And so as a byproduct of that, 
we now have all of these, as I've learned, 34 branches of occult activity that offer communication and offer insight, that offer understanding. And now, when you say 34 branches yeah. of occult activity, what do you mean by that? So I'm talking about omens, the worship of moons. I'm mm. talking about blood sacrifice. I'm talking about with as controversial and as much trouble as this is going to get you, <laughs> the zodiac. I'm talking about all of that. You know, it, yeah. it amazes me. How many people love Jesus and still want to get their fortunes told by no, cancer? <laughs> you know, I love I love that you bring that up because these are there's so many ways that I think that the enemy hides himself. Oh yeah. You know, in, in Hollywood, there is a growing thing with crystals sure. and angel numbers. Sure. And I wanna yeah, it's oh this is fascinating. Let me just let me just strap myself up. What is it? <laughs> So angel numbers, basically, so we know how God speaks through numbers. Sure. Um, angel numbers is where they have specific numbers. They say, when you see these numbers, your angel is trying to have a conversation oh, so with you. Oh, 17, 17. Yeah. Oh, I see. And so it takes away the attention from God sure. to say, your angels want to get your attention. So now people do angel meditation. Sure. So I love that when you're yeah. mentioning these different realms of how... Mm -hmm. The demonic works, there are mm -hmm. ways that the enemy hides himself. And I'd love to hear your perspective. Well, the whole objective is to get people away from God's will. The whole objective of all things wisdom and knowledge mm -hmm. is God wants people in his will. Hell does not want people in his will, in, in the will of God, because that's where you prosper. That's where you are most at peace. And that's where you are most productive in your assignment on the earth and your destiny, right? So the whole de objective of, of, of deception is to make sure that you... As a human being, as an individual, you exacerbate and exhaust all your energy with trying to figure out who you are, where you're going, what you need to do, exclusive of Jesus Christ and exclusive of his peace. Exactly. This is the very reason why there are people who are millionaires or filthy rich and miserable because they're prospering in one realm of their lives, but nothing is ever giving them meaning beyond money and meaning beyond fame. So that's why the, the corridor of the prophetic is, is destiny. We both want the same thing. Yeah. Heaven and hell both wants the soul. Now here's the, the caveat to that. We are in a very highly energized spiritual culture, but you know what's not talked about is the soul. And there is more war over the soul right, right now than there is the spirit. It's people's mind, will, emotions, and intellect. And when the prophetic is done well, it hits those things. But when deception is done well, it hits those things. It's not complicated. Yeah. When people go to psychics or they want to talk to dead relatives, they all want to know about love, honey, money, you know, <laughs> the fortune. It's very consistent. Yeah. When I'm going to get married, how many kids I'm going to have, what, it, the fortune realm of that thing. So it's not a very... It's a very broad issue, but it's very simple. Why yeah. am I here and what should I be doing? And those are things that the enemy wants to give voice to first before somebody can find the voice of the Lord. Wow. And Major, how, what would you even speak to that? Being in the industry and you, you definitely see this growing hunger in people that want to experience something more. You know, what do you speak to in regards to the supernatural? Do you, do you think that why do people not want to submit to the way of God and find these shortcuts well i just see god as more simple than we've allowed him to be mm -hmm. um when you've tried all the other things you just automatically define god as as complicated as the other experiences mm -hmm. have been but to access him is so easy yeah it's so it the requisite is truth 
come to him with your truth, all of it, as ugly as you may think it is, as scarred, as wounded, as tacky, as hood, mm -hmm. as polished, just come with truth and the honest heart to want to reach him. And in an instant, you will be with him. And that's what I think we can do a better job at allowing people to understand. And it's clear reflection in our lives. We access him daily. I have a, a devotional called Jesus Calling that I read every single morning. And one of the messages was talking about Holy Spirit. Help me. So do you Just call think it, out. it is that simplicity, the simplicity of relationship with God is what has been, it's almost like what people have lost that understanding of the simplicity of having a relationship I don't with think God. everybody had the understanding. I don't think it's lost. I think yeah. some people haven't found it because they're distracted by all the other. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why it's our duty with our knowing. You, you just said it, prophecy is is... You know, uh, the prophetic is is the mind of God concerning mm -hmm. you, his creation. That's really what this yeah. whole thing is. I want to know what God thinks about me because once I know who the what the creator mm -hmm. thinks of me, I have a blessed assurance like I can do this mm -hmm. thing called life. You know, what I find interesting, even from what you just mentioned about the prophetic and about the simplicity of it, and the fact that people have people never even had the understanding mm -hmm. of it. I take that back to what you said, Dr. Stevenson, as a child mm -hmm. and the experiences that you had with God. You used the word, it got worse and mm -hmm. worse. <laughs> and so, and then your mother saying that, you know, mm -hmm. this drove me to right. drinking. Mm -hmm. And so that simplicity of mm -hmm. relationship with God, Absolutely. it was perceived as danger. As danger. Mm -hmm. And I think that is that is the problem that yeah. still exists today. Because yeah. even for me as a child, there were things I was scared to tell my mother mm -hmm. out of fear that she would think that something is wrong. Absolutely. So, but that simplicity yeah. of knowing that, no, God yeah. hears you, God can visit you. It's yeah. not that complicated, but in, in even with that, how we, I want us to wrap up by saying, how can people experience mm -hmm. this simple, simple yeah. nature of God? How can yeah. people experience the supernatural in their everyday walking mm -hmm. life? So for me, it's probably with you and I story more so, maybe a little with majors, I, the, the barrier that we're talking about between that simplicity and that searching out of God is religion. And I think mm. we underestimate how dangerous it is. The reason I was afraid of it, the reason you were afraid of it, is because we would have had to have explained, yeah. bogart our way through, <laughs> no exaggeration, yeah. generations of belief That's about true. what interests God, That's true. what God does and does not do, and more dangerously, who he does it for. Because the attitude is, if God is talking, I'm certainly talking to you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and so That's good. that is religion is 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 a massive interference with not only God relating to people, but people relating to him. You know, we are the last couple of generations that we're dealing with on the earth are born were born into excruciating pain. Mm. And so they almost want relationship with God to be complex yeah. because it makes them feel like if I can prove myself to the Lord to be worth it, to be valuable, then he'll want me, he'll use me. So when you introduce a simple gospel that's full of grace and full of mercy yeah. and full of truth, 
they go into this is too good to be true, but that's the whole essence of the gospel. That's yeah. right. And when somebody so good it is the gospel, true. Yeah. they get visited by God. Yeah. I love that. I love that. This is beautiful. I know that this is going to just really help so many people. Yeah. And even as we conclude on this, when you bring up religion, um, just able to make a point, like you're, because we're referring to organized religion, yeah. that system of saying that there is this, you have to go, you know, you have to be We're structured. We're talking about a Pharisee yeah, approach exactly. to a very simple Jesus. Yeah. That, that part. This is beautiful. Simple. Simplicity. Yeah. Simple. Be true, be you, and seek better, and you will have it. Be true. I want the people to receive that. Your truth reaches the heart of God. That's where the power begins. Next, on the same road. You have to be a believer to hear from God. Absolutely not. And that is a major myth. Yes. Um, the, the, the idea is that God likes to speak to people who like to speak to Him, and that's not true. Mm -hmm. I have met and personally ministered to people. Um, one particular person comes to mind that was literally uh, high off crack and the voice of the Lord interrupted and disturbed the high like how long yeah. are you gonna do this you know and wow. so come and, on bro and, and listen, <laughs> what I love about God is that if if your loss of sobriety is the only opportunity he has to spare you he'll That's speak it. through any of that stuff